The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And here we are just five days later since we last spoke on Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo with another hot stove dish as Kendry's Morales, of course, inked a deal with the Royals for two years just five days ago. And today, two more big moves for KC. We told you we thought big things were going to be happening in the next week. Well, the first one did in the form of Alex Rios. And then a smaller move as the Royals also signed Johan Pino. More on that here in a bit because it's definitely worth talking about and definitely worth mentioning. A guy that definitely does intrigue me. And I just said definitely three times there in five seconds. It's kind of impressive. But let's get right into Alex Rios right now. And why I think this is a very good move for four different reasons. I have plenty of reasons for you why I like this move. As once again, much as you know, the same as Kendrys Morales or any move that Dayton Moore seems to make these days, Royals fans hit the panic button. They go nuts. They say, oh, my God, what are we doing signing Alex Rios? Oh, my gosh, he was horrible last year and the year before, and he's not motivated, and he's a bad clubhouse guy. Calm down, people. I'm not, we're going to go over him right now. I, I like this move. I don't love the move. I don't think Dayton loves the move. I think if you ask Dayton honestly, he was hoping for Melky Cabrera in right field, maybe hoping for Torrey Hunter, maybe hoping to even swing a, a trade for Justin Upton. But obviously – Bats were more expensive this winter than Dayton or anybody probably imagined. And he was able to get Alex Rios, which is a good thing for a number of reasons. So first of all, the contract terms. One year, $11 million for Rios, who will be 34 on opening day. He turns 34 in February. So I like the fact they've only got him signed for one year, which is a good thing. But let's get right to the negative on Rios, the stuff you hear about him. First of all, obviously... Production has gone way down the last couple of years, especially last year. No doubt about that. He played in the home run paradise there in Texas where the ball jumps out of the park, and he hit just four home runs last year. That's awful. I'm sure he'd tell you the same thing. Am I concerned about that? A bit. But I'm not looking as Rios as a guy that's going to club 20, 25 home runs as he has in the past. Now, of course, deep down, we both wanted that. We both thought that was something the Royals needed Going into 2015, we've talked about it many times, extra base power, especially home runs lacking on this Royals club in recent years, especially last year. But getting Rios, I think, allows you to get the ball in the gap in Kansas City, and hopefully Morales can club some home runs and some of the other guys in the team, the younger guys, your Hosmers and your Mooses and your Gordons and your Perezes can, you know, up their home run some. So the home runs is a huge negative with him last year. He had just 42 extra base hits with Texas, although that's not the worst of his career. We'll go back and talk about that. But lines of 311, 398, 709. So 709, obviously, under league average for production in right field. Not good. If you want to compare him to Noriaoki, better defensively is Rios. More power than Nori, but Nori, of course, gets on base a lot more. You know, So, what, about 40 points higher for Nori this year. Than Rios, but that was a down year for for Rios, and it's something you got to remember is the Royals are obviously not wanting to spend more than one or two year terms on free agents right now. Looks like three is the max on pitchers, probably two, maybe three, depending on which bat it is off, you know, bat wise. So, with that in mind, 
there wasn't probably a ton of options. And the Royals' payroll is going to go up. It's it's about $98 million now after this move. So, And if they do add a starting pitcher without trading Greg Holland, without dumping salary, without moving somebody like Infante or whoever it may be, if they don't do that, their payroll is probably going to be approaching $110 million on opening day because there will be more moves coming. But the Royals ended up with him because of that. You know, again, so production last year was way down. That's the first negative on Rios. Number two, you hear the fact that he's aloof. I heard from a couple of White Sox friends of myself who follow them every single day. One of them covers them, and he does say that when things go bad, Rios is kind of half there. He's playing for himself. So uh, that's something I'm sure the Royals have talked to him about, they know about. And I think hopefully with him getting older and being on a team that should be competing, I mean, he hasn't played in a lot of good teams. Let's, let's, Let's say that at least. Rios has played in a lot of bad baseball teams. So hopefully when he's playing with a new team with excitement around, plus he's playing for his career, it's a one-year deal, another bad year for Rios, and he'll find himself probably out of baseball in 2015 because I don't see him going to AAA or on a minor league deal to somebody, and he's got enough money where that could be it. So I think he'll be motivated next year. But you hear the negativities about him, and that's the attitude, lack of production, obviously, and, of course, the amount of money and how old he is. But let's go back here and look at him, his whole body of work. And again, I've got four reasons why I love this signing later. But let's go back to semi-relevant info. I mean, yeah, 06 and 07 at this point means virtually nothing. He has been an all-star twice in his career, but 06 and 07 doesn't really matter. You know, Gil Mesh was a good pitcher back in 06. So <laughs> that's how long ago that's been. But he LPS once upon a time 850, you know, both times, over 850, both of those two years with 17 and 24 home runs respectively. But let's just start from 2011 and beyond. So let's just be the last four seasons, we'll say. Semi-relevant four seasons ago, three seasons ago. Very relevant the last couple of years. 2011 with Chicago was awful. Just god-awful. You might remember that's when Toronto DFA'd him, thinking nobody would take him and pick him up in August. And then Kenny Williams of the White Sox said, oh, we'll take that contract. And wow, did I think that helped get Kenny pushed out there as GM. 13-44 and 44 power-wise in 2011. Rios had only 37 extra base hits. So remember earlier when I told you last year he had 42 extra base hits? He had 37 before one time back in 2011. So that's not his worst. 613 OPS, awful in 2011. Did bounce back, though. This is key. He bounced back in 2012 and responded with an 850 OPS, the same thing he had back in his All-Star years of 06 and 07 in 2012 with the White Sox. 70 extra base hits in 2012. 70 extra base hits. Still semi-relevant. 25 and 91 is numbers with those 70 extra base hits and 850 in, in 2012. So a big, big, big response response by him in 2012. Then 2013, split between Chicago and Texas did Rios. 772 OPS in 2013, still above average for right field. 55 extra base hits. Not bad. I mean, that's pretty good. 18 home runs, 81 RBIs. If the Royals get 2013 Rios, it's an absolute steal, obviously. If EOPS is above 750, it's probably an absolute steal the way the market's going and the way guys are getting paid these days. Good grief. But then once again, last year, you saw him go down again. So while he responded from 11 was awful, responded huge in 12, and had another good year in 13, last year was awful. There's no, I mean, there's, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. If we get last year's Alex Rios, this is an absolute bust. But I think it's a better gamble than throwing out Paulo Orlando and Carlos Baguero out there. I mean, come on. And, and if it took 
you know, if Tori was going to cost that much or wanted more years to come to KC, then uh, that's fine. I mean, I think Rios at this point is a, a higher upside than Tori Hunter, obviously. So I like him over Hunter anyways. Cabrera I would have rather had, but you'll lose the draft pick and, of course, the years I don't like, plus the payroll. I mean, so unless you're going to make a trade for Justin Upton, where else are you really? I mean, Michael Morris, I wanted him bad at DH, but I don't think he can play the outfield. So once I got Morales, he's out. You could bring back Nori, but we've already gone over the fact that defense. First of all, Nori's going to cost two or three years, which the Royals don't want to do, which is because I believe that they want to resign some of their younger players and have more payroll flexibility going forward for guys like Hosmer and Ventura and Duffy, you know, in two, three years. Maybe Moustakis if he turns it up a little bit. Maybe Lorenzo Cain possibly for a longer-term deal, though he'll be 32 when he becomes a free agent. So maybe that's not the wisest thing based on his legs being a big part of his game and based on his injury history. But I think one year of Rios, I think it's a good signing. Now, one other thing I want to talk about before we get into my reasons why I love this. Double digits every single year of his career in steals. So Rios is fast. He's going to run the bases and steal bases. He's a guy you can hit and run with, a good base runner. That goes along with the Royals' MO. He's athletic, more athletic than Nori, better range, better steals. If I mean, the, the one thing you lose is the on-base. So I'm acknowledging that. But overall, would you would rather have one year of Rios with the possibility of him bouncing back? Because he's done it before in his career, and he's still semi-young, 34. I mean, that's obviously peak years are behind him. He ain't going to have an 06 and 07 again, but or probably not even in a 2000. You know, 12 again, but he's done it before. He's bounced back before. Payroll's now at 98 million for the Royals, like I said earlier. So you can't bitch up to David Glass. It, if this payroll's above 105, there's no more bitching to David Glass because even if you might say, well, they should have done something different with the money, well, it's pretty clear why they didn't do that. And you also aren't in there, you know, sitting in on the negotiations and what they know. So I'm fine with this move. Now, I would call it a great move. You know, I said earlier that I thought this was a good move, not a great move. Well, okay, maybe 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 great. Maybe I shouldn't say great move for four reasons, but it's a very good move for four reasons. So here we go. Number one, first and foremost, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but the Royals address right field without having to lose a draft pick because Texas did not you know make him a qualifying offer. So the Royals signed Rios without having to give up the draft pick, something they would have had to do had they gotten say Melky Cabrera, and they didn't get you know have to gut the farm system to get say Justin Upton. So the Royals. Don't lose a draft pick by getting Rios. I think that's a big deal. That's the, the first reason this is a very good thing. Number two, we talked about this briefly, too. It's a short-term contract, just one year. So Rios has bounced back before, you know, and the Royals are, are betting that they can get league average production out of Rios, you know, which they didn't really get from Nori in, in, in the grand scheme. I mean, yeah, the on-base really came on. He was hitting, what, like 380 in September, so he really got on base over 400 in September. So that kind of saved his season, but the majority of the season, Nori was a huge disappointment. We, 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 you know, we remember the banana routes in the outfield. You know, Nori post nine one made some miraculous catches, especially the couple in Anaheim. But for the majority of the season, he was a disappointment defensively and offensively. So let's not forget that. Let's not forget that we didn't get great production out of right field or DH last year when people are criticizing these signings because, you know, and they're getting these guys for less terms than they would have, you know, for Billy Butler or somebody like him in the open market or. Rios, although I guess you could say they could have taken the qualifying offer on, on Butler for 12 and a half and kept him or, you know, the, picked up the option, which I understand, but that's neither here nor there. Number three, I think this opens the door for an Eric Hosmer contract extension. We haven't talked about this. It's a Boris client. So is Morales. Both Rios and Morales are Boris clients. 
Obviously, the Royals are giving these two guys, who are both bounce-back candidates, both guys who did not have good years last year, pretty big contracts, pretty fat contracts that probably nobody else offered them. Especially Morales. I, I think the Rios would have gone for similar money to somebody else, maybe 9.5, maybe 9 versus 11. But I think the Royals pretty much gave him what he was going to get in the open market. So I don't think they really overpaid that much for Rios, maybe more so for Morales in that second year. But I think this gets you in better with Scott Boris. And the Royals, Dayton's already had a very good relationship with Scott throughout the years. And perhaps this opens up before opening day, which I think it will. You buy out Hosmer for a couple years of arbitration, get him for a set cost, and buy out one year of free agency. You get him for one more year. It's a pretty good gamble right now. Hosmer, of course, has not lived up to his expectations overall. But look at the price of bats right now. I mean, you, you, you get him right now for a, a, pretty good, a pretty good deal, you do it because it's, it's only going to keep going up the next few years, bats are, in this post-steroid era. So I believe that opens the door for that. Number four, like, like we talked about you know, several times, he's bounced back before. So I like it. In summary, one more time, did lose a draft pick. It's a short-term contract. Opens the door for Eric Hosmer, I believe, and perhaps other Boris clients. And he's bounced back before, and, and fairly recently, too. He'll be a highly motivated player, so we'll see what happens in 2015. Now, one more thing. Johan Pino has promised. We're going to talk about that as well because the Royals signed him. We don't know the exact terms of the contract at this point. I'm assuming it's a major league deal. I don't know that for sure, but to get him this early and DFA Casey Coleman and put him on the 40, I'm assuming that's probably a pretty good chance Pino will be on this team if not opening day at some point next year. He's 31 years of age, or he will be on opening day. Turns 31 later this month. Last year, came up with the Twins... His first and only year in the big leagues, Royals saw him. Two and five with a 507 last year and 11 starts with the Twins. So obviously not real inspiring there. Six foot two, 190, righty. Did have a very good year in Rochester, AAA. Opponents hit just 180 against him, was 10 and two with a 247. His pitch in the minor leagues with Cleveland, Toronto, and Cincinnati. A guy that, you know, gets a lot of fly balls, which would in theory, work well in Kansas City, especially with a good outfield defense, which the Royals do have with Gordon, Kane, and Rios out there. And Dayton said, Dayton was quoted today as saying he'll be running, you know, in the running for the fifth starter spot and or long relief. I don't think he's really in the running for the fifth starter spot, guys, unless there's an injury. I think there's an injury, then him and Hochaver are probably your two best options in-house for number five because Finnegan's going to the minors. I don't know that John Lamb is anywhere near ready. I don't think Benford's ready. Uh, you know, on and on. There's not really a whole bunch of other guys. Almonte's a ways away. Zimmer's a ways away. So your top two in-house candidates, if somebody does get hurt, are going to be Pino and Hochaver. Now I say if somebody doesn't get hurt, you say, well, there's a slot open in the, in the rotation. I am aware of that. That's why I'm saying the Royals will get somebody else You know, to, to try to semi-replace James Shields. You're not going to get James Shields, his production. But I believe they can get somebody a sub-4 ERA and a guy that can throw 160-plus innings. And if you don't give up any of your relievers, let's say you make a trade for somebody. Let's just throw out a couple names, like somebody like Dylan G. Or, I mean, I've seen his name quite a bit. Somebody like that that you feel that can be close to a league average or above starter, give up a prospect or two to get him. You've saved your entire bullpen without, you know, you haven't moved any of your bullpen. Your strength is still your strength, and it's gotten stronger because you have a full season of Jason Frazier and Luke Hochaver back. So, I mean, even if you get 40 or 50 less innings from – you know, maybe overall, let's say you lose 50 to 70 innings this year in, in your rotation. Well, you still have Hochaver and Frazier, guys you didn't have all year, who are upgrades, guys that can go multiple innings, and a guy like Pena that can go multiple innings. So I think this is a move for the Royals to protect them in case of injury, but mainly he's their long reliever. I think Pena is your new Luis Mendoza. So I like the move. He's cheap. 
Throws strikes. Last year, 14 walks and 60-plus innings at the major league level. That's pretty good. But 2-plus, two, two slightly above 2-plus per nine. So he'll throw strikes. He'll use his defense. Pretty good stuff. Affordable and a guy that can start in a pinch and give you innings out of the bullpen, which the Royals will need as they you know, obviously lose some innings from James Shields. So a good day for the Royals. You know, did I want Justin Upton or did I want did I have this fantasy of getting Melky and Michael Morris and making big trades? And of course I had that fantasy, just like you did. But at the end of the day, the way the market shaked out, the Royals are still spending money. I don't believe that we can just sit here and say they're not spending money. Now, it took a little bit longer than some of us liked. I, I was on here throughout the last few weeks telling you to calm down, to, to be patient. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. All I meant, the last couple days, I started to get a little cabin fever, a little stir-crazy when I see Cabrera going, you know, Melky Cabrera going in the AL Central, and you see Irvin Santana. It seemed like virtually every free agent signed in the AL Central, doesn't it? Like, it seemed like everybody. So I began to get frustrated when I saw more and more names come off the board. But at the end of the day, the Royals are, are going to have a record payroll again next year. I, I suspect, I mean, unless they dump Holland to get the starter, I suspect their payroll will be between 105 and 108 opening day. So at the end of the day, you can't accuse the Royals of going on the cheap. They're outspending by far where their market size is, their 29th biggest market. They're in the middle of payroll, I believe 17th right now. So if they end up in the 16, 17 range again opening day, I mean, you can't bitch about the payroll at that point. My point being, I think that Dayton maybe had bigger dreams than we did. But I think the market didn't allow him to do that. I don't think he wanted to gut the farm system any further or, or, or trade away, you know, Greg Holland, which I, saw, which I thought he would. I still think he might, but that would only I, – I believe at this point they're only going to trade Holland the starter they get is really expensive, which I don't see very many expensive, effective starters on the trade block right now. So I'm pretty sure the Royals, you know, will keep Holland at this point after this move today. That's my thoughts. We will see what happens. I'm imagining we'll be back with you here in the next week to ten days another time after the starting pitching spot is addressed. It's Clubhouse Conversation. Tell a friend. Like us on Facebook. Clubhouse Conversation has a page on there, at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter. Check out the interviews. Craig Paquette is up as of tonight, and plenty more coming where that came from, including lots of current Royals players as spring training gets going again. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again here soon on the hot stove. It's Davo's Dish, Clubhouse Conversation.